0: It's a episode of little bite sized things that aren't large enough for their own episode. It's an
1: appetizer. It's a it's it's an hors d'oeuvre.
0: A hors d'oeuvre, yes. Hors d'oeuvre, hors d'oeuvre. Uh, that's a lurgoif, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Uh it's uh its power and toughness are equal to you know number the, of bite the number of appetizers available plus one.
0: welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 207. That is two more than episode 205, the episode where we promised that we were going to do loops, but we're not doing loops today. Woo-hoo. My name is Brian Prilliman. Uh I am one of your hosts. I am joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess. And Brogan King. Greetings. You know, that could be a great, that could be a great running joke, right? That we just loop not doing loops.
1: But then we will not live up to our promise of
0: eventually we have to decide to end the loop
1: (laughs) (laughs) which one of us is active player
0: yes all right uh today's episode is or tonight's episode or this afternoon whenever you're listening to it the episode that you're listening to right now is something we've we've done like once or twice before in the past but this time it's going to be on several little little bite sized topics that aren't necessarily worth a whole episode on their own, but it's still good information for you, the discerning judge uh, or player that just wants to know how tournaments work. Uh, little little bite sized nuggets of information. Uh, so we're going to call these what, what do we call them? Hors d'oeuvres? We we discuss
1: both hors d'oeuvres and appetizers, but I think Did you it- call them
0: dis- discussables.
1: D- who called them that? I think did,
0: did is that what the word you used? She said we discussed both. Oh <laughs> list
1: yes. of things. Well, they're discussables Not. now.
2: Discussables <laughs> it's like it's like lunchables, yeah. but like little debate topics, right?
1: <laughs> it's like a lunchable, but way less entertaining.
2: Well, it could be entertaining. Like I just imagine like and less trans fat. Yeah, you, well, you like you know you have that that is there's always that person at the office. If you work in an office, who like brings an uncomfortable topic to lunch, that's a mm. discussable. Like they show up at lunch and everything mm. is fine, and then they open
0: up this box and now it's all uncomfortable.
1: Oh,
0: oh. is it is it the the conversational equivalent of putting fish in the microwave? Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> don't even get me started on that. I work in the most like generic offices of like officey offices. Like I'm in a cubicle, and there are too many people crammed into my floor, and the the fish in the microwave thing every day. It is okay. like the the first commandment of of office life.
0: Have, have a have a question for you. Which is worse, oh, no. fish in the microwave or burnt popcorn?
1: So the burnt popcorn um, is I, we're used to that. Because someone in my office um, intentionally burns popcorns. Because, and I quote, "I like it that way." Um, so we're used to the burnt Have popcorn. You reported smell. this person to Homeland Security. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, this is I don't know. I but that's, it's that's 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 see something say something. The fact something that the fact time that, you right can, that
2: joke actually is pretty disturbing.
1: Oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Like, every day, it like. Three o'clock is, is, man, so-and-so is cooking popcorn because you can hear it and then you can smell it. And then you can really smell it. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about today.
0: That's not one of our discussables? <laughs> I
1: got really heated about the the fish in the microwave.
0: Man, <laughs> yeah, that's what a microwave does. I
2: feel like I could have used the word discussable as like, the verbal equivalent of a bullet point. Like, I've got three discussables today, so. Uh, I mean,
1: that's going to be your your new, like, buzzword that you're just yeah. going to. You're going to try to make discussables happen. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm going to make discussables happen. Quit trying to make discussables happen.
1: Wait, right. how, how do you get that reference, Brian? How do I get the reference? Yeah.
0: Okay, so first off, the movie's 10 years old. Yeah. Fair. True statement. Okay. The second thing is, my daughter is a drama nerd, mm. and they have a Mean Girls the Musical.
1: That's a thing?
0: Yes. Is it good? I don't want to say while well, we're recording.
1: That it, kinda it answers is. the question.
0: Kind of, like, I'm embarrassed to admit it. It's it's not awful. It's kind of funny. Um, Slight shame there.
1: All right. So do you think if Gretchen Wieners were to play in a competitive magic event, could she use her phone? Huh.
0: I, I, I think she'd try.
1: What would happen um, to her?
0: What? I'd we'd probably end up in the book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a true statement.
2: Uh, so that's actually a really good uh, segue into one of the things we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Why, thank you, Jess. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, we wanted to talk about the electronic device policy, which is one of those topics that we. You know, it, we want to talk about, uh, but it it really doesn't deserve its own episode because uh, it won't it won't take up the whole episode. I'm sure we could stretch it out, but it would just require lots lots of lots of Mean Girls jokes. Uh,
1: <laughs> but we, we've already hit our quota on on Mean Girls jokes.
2: I'm sure it won't come back at all.
1: <laughs> um, so
2: the electronic device policy says. A competitive and professional rules enforcement level during drafting, deck construction, and playing of matches, players may not use electronic devices capable of taking and storing notes, communicating with other people, or accessing the internet, uh, with the exception of taking brief personal calls with the opponent's permission. So what does that actually mean? Like, in, in, in actual practice, what does that mean? Don't use your phone? Is that what that means? <laughs>
1: It means that we, we don't really know what you could have on your phone with like what technology is. We we don't, we don't know if you could have notes chilling on your phone or on whatever electronic device you have. So just to, to keep everything, everyone on the same page on the same level, don't use your, your phone or other electronic device that could store information. And the storing information part like is relevant. Um, because like, you know, the, the boogie board things, I remember this whole kerfuffle about, can you use a boogie board because it's electronic? And the answer is, well, mostly they're fine. There are varieties of them that can let you save things you've written, but that can't store information for you to come back. For the most part, they can't store that for you to go back and look at.
2: hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The point of the story information is like we don't want you pulling up articles about about
0: decks while you're playing magic or or trying to get your friend's take on what you should sideboard here. Yep. Right. And and it says uh it says or or accessing the internet. Okay. There there are occasionally you'll get people that are like, oh well what about, you know, I'm playing with a pacem, you know, I've got a pacemaker that can communicate <laughs> with the internet no that that's there's a there's a common sense approach here right uh-huh. you're you're not actually taking notes with a with a pacemaker really so <laughs> you can't access so
1: the information on your pacemaker while you're playing magic. right
0: right so so the important thing is this isn't this isn't just during the match it also it also talks about you know during drafting which you know Hey, writing down, you know, using electronic devices uh, uh, during drafting to, to communicate is probably a bad thing. Uh, deck deck construction, you're not actually playing, but we don't want you to be able to communicate with people during deck construction um, either.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, to find out what, a, you know, where you might be communicating to find out what somebody else picked or how somebody else is building their deck mm-hmm. or, you know, what the exact build what is. What your
1: friends think would be the better card between two cards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, there is an exception. Okay, we realize in in tournaments, we realize that, you know, there are first responders. I mean, there are, you know, uh, people who work for the fire department or or EMTs that might get a call and they got to go. Your Mm -hmm. your wife
1: might be very pregnant. Who knows? Right.
0: So so emergencies do happen. Things things have to happen. And we make an exception for taking brief personal calls with the opponent's permission. So Mm -hmm. if you this is my wife, I got to take it you know the opponent's going to say okay and then the wife is like my water just broke get to the hospital uh by the way you should totally have swung with that creature last turn <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> that is that is both the least and most helpful wife
0: right um the first part's fine the second part not so much um <laughs> so the the uh you know, if you think you
2: might be getting a call, like in that context, you think you might be getting a call, right? It's usually a good idea to let the opponent know that ahead of time, so that you don't have to try and explain it while your phone's ringing. Uh, if if, you're, if you sit down and you say something like, you know, I'm expecting a call from, you know, from work, and if they call, I got to go, so I'm gonna have to take it. Is that a, is that cool with you? I've never seen anybody go. No, that's not cool with me. Right. Um,
1: Yeah, same. That that's definitely happened to me before. Where it's like, oh, I'm I'm an EMT or something like that, and I and I might have to go at any time. So,
2: right Um, now, there is one interesting thing a a very literal and specific observer will notice that while electronic devices are prohibited during deck construction, uh, this does not prohibit them during pool registration of a sealed event uh, and you know we don't we don't for for my part I've definitely taken advantage of that in order to say listen to music while I'm registering a pool but that's not omitted intentionally so that you can sit there and you know look stuff up on your phone while you're while you're registering a pool and the head judge can absolutely restrict or forbid that further. The head judge has the specifically granted ability to restrict electronic devices. So if they're like, hey, put that away, that you just put it away. That's
0: it. So uh, now what about, uh, so Bergen has a question here. Should players be required to leave their phones behind when they use the restroom? Some players
2: do, or they volunteer to. I think that's an excellent gesture. But requiring them to do that is is not really practical. I Yeah, I think it's not a good idea. Uh, for two main reasons. it's
0: enforceable.
2: It's not enforceable in the sense that, that they might have another phone, right? But also, like, now I'm responsible for their phone. Yeah. Right. If I ask them to leave their phone at the table, what happens if their phone gets stolen? That's a bridge I don't want to cross. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. So um, between the fact that it's not going to do much good anyway, because if they want to look up information in the bathroom, they're going to find a way – uh, and the fact that leaving, asking them to leave their phone on the table is a dangerous thing to be doing with a device that probably costs several hundred dollars. Uh, I just, I think it's not a great plan. Now there are people that strongly disagree with that, uh, and there are, you know, there there is something to be said for the the appearance of uh, trying to prevent cheating, but but I'm not sure it does enough good to warrant the, the drawbacks.
1: Yeah, I've when I've I've definitely had players get grumpy at me for like not asking their opponent to to leave their phone behind. I'm like I I can't realistically do that. So
0: so the, these rules that we just went over were for competitive and professional. So your 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 GPS and your PPTQs. But what about you know F and M? I, I want to use my I want to use my uh, my cool Life Pad Life Tracker app or something like that. Uh, you know, we're at a, at a, on a, in a commander game or something. You know, what's,
1: uh, what's, uh, do your thing. What's there? What's that? Use your, use your cool life counter app. Oh, yeah. Unless your life counter app lets you look up strategic information or information about your opponent's deck.
0: Oh, no. Now, there, there is a restriction there, though. Uh, I got to keep it where everybody can see it. Right.
2: That's the same. That's the, that's true with any kind of notes, right? Like whether it's
0: electronic or otherwise. Yeah, you got to you got to be able to see that I'm not looking up uh, you know, on some some article how to how to how to beat your Nexus of Fate deck or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, just uh just have it out there. Um if you wish to view information on your electronic device privately, you need to ask for a judge.
1: Yeah, and and you don't have to like if you see somebody like if I'm if I'm playing in a regular R L tournament, like and somebody shoots me a text and I'm waiting for my opponent to do something, I might I might respond to my text message, but at, and you as the judge don't have to be like, oh, what are you doing? You just be mindful of people's behavior, and if somebody looks like they're like trying to be sneaky, holding their phone under the table, keep keep an eye. <laughs> what you
0: what you doing under there? Nothing. Mind your own business. Hmm. <laughs> mm. So, uh, all right. So that's that's the electronic device policy. Uh, that that was a, a nice little dis- discussable.
1: <laughs> I, I really hate that, that me not properly enunciating has led to the f- word discussable. <laughs>
2: oh, I thought you properly enunciated. I understood what you meant. But discussable is still great.
1: I'm really if glad that Brian being an old man... <laughs> and not listening to me to
2: the lexicon <laughs> so moving on to notes
1: yeah so so notes are pretty connected with with what we just talked about um in that there are limits to what you can access and when you can access them um right so in general for notes uh players are allowed to take written notes during a match and may refer to those notes while that match is in progress At the beginning of a match, each player's note sheet must be empty and must remain visible throughout the entire match.
2: The the purpose of the visible part, uh, there's a misperception among some players who have read the MTR that that means they need to be able to read their opponent's notes. It's not what that means. Basically, we want you to be able to, your opponent should know that you're not referencing notes from somewhere else, right? They should be on the table. Okay, if they're written in another language, that's fine. If your opponent can't read upside down well, or you're writing it with terrible handwriting, also
0: fine. You, you, your opponent does not have the the right to be able to know what your notes say. So, I so I can't force my Chinese opponent to write in English.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've had that problem where I've, I was like, uh, you know, I've t- I've taken some notes in in a foreign language that my opponent couldn't read, and and uh, they get really upset with me about it. Uh, And uh, then I had a judge come by and and asked me what that was. And I told him it was, you know, notes in another language. And uh, he asked me why I was taking notes in another language. And I told him because I didn't want my opponent to be able to read it. And then my opponent got even more upset. (laughs) But none of that is illegal. Um, My notes were visible the whole time. Just because it says they have to remain visible doesn't mean your opponent has the right to read them.
0: And hopefully it will encourage them to become bilingual.
1: Eh. (laughs) Yeah. And this is another matter of like if somebody like picks up their notes a little bit to write something on it, like you, you it's, it's still there. You can still see the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're trying to squirrel their notes away. And
2: mm-hmm. This comes up a lot when people are using a notebook for something. Um, and maybe they'll close it on their pen to make some room for something and then open back up and keep writing. That, that doesn't mean it's become invisible, uh, you, you, they're probably still fine there.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, you can you don't you don't have to explain what your notes mean.
2: You you a judge can pull you away from the table and ask you what your notes mean. Yep. And uh and you should be able to answer them at that point, but you you're not required to, to divulge that to your opponent.
0: Now uh these these notes this this particular rule it talks about, you know, players are allowed to take written notes during a during a match. So that means um uh, You know, you can you can write things down uh, during during the match and, and you can write things down during game one and refer to that during game two or game three. What you can't do is that um, set of set of notes. There's a set of notes that you can check uh, while you're sideboarding or in between games. Those can't come out during the game. Right or anything from like pre- from from previous rounds or stuff during drafting or registration, you can't use those notes. Right. So the the place uh, this the, the game. place
2: this question comes up that I've seen this come up before uh, is if I play the same opponent in the top eight that I played earlier in the day and I was taking notes, uh, am I allowed to use the notes I had taken during the previous uh, match? And the answer is no,
0: no, you cannot. Yep. Not not during not during uh, the game. Right now, uh, now but between games. Between games, you can have us a, a brief set of sideboarding notes.
2: Now, or we don't really gauge what is and isn't sideboarding notes. We we more just gauge brief. If you have some notes from the previous match that we just talked about that will help you sideboard, that could count as sideboarding notes. Yep.
1: Right. Um, you also, if you are in playing in a tournament, um, where your opponent's deck list is available to you, um, for reasons where they've, they've just given the top eight, their, uh, opponent's deck lists, you can access those between games in a match.
2: Yeah, that, that happens at professional level, uh, professional REL events and also happens frequently at uh, large events with coverage. Ironically, not always the same thing as in GP Orlando this weekend where there wasn't video coverage. (laughs) Um,
1: And if a lot of, a lot of people, not a lot, some people get, get really weird about sideboarding notes, thinking that they're, that they're not okay Mm -hmm. and that their opponents taking too long to review them or that they have too many notes. Um, If you, think somebody is taking too long or has just like seven pages of notes to flip through. It's just an excessive number of notes Um that can be penalized with slow play. Yeah. So again, it's a sort of a matter of discretion, but that out is there if somebody is being egregious.
0: So uh now it says I can, t- I can take notes during a match. Can I take notes? Uh like let's say I'm drafting and I'm I'm awful at remembering my previous picks. Can I jot down those picks while I'm drafting? No, you may not. No. No.
2: Oh. Yep, you're not allowed to take notes while drafting. Uh doing so would with-
0: Spectators spectators can't do it either. Uh
2: spectators so there's a pro any any, you know, coverage people can do it, right?
1: Yeah,
0: they're the exception, but like you can't have like if your buddy. Uh, That's that's taking notes on your
2: true, but also difficult to enforce.
1: It's very, very hard to enforce, Um, but it is a lot of a lot of the some amount of the reason that there are a lot of judges sort of floating around during the draft day two of a a Grand Prix just to keep an eye on people floating about, keep people out of the area who may be executing some unwelcome to behavior.
0: So one of the notes here that they got is you can you can refer to Oracle text at any time. Uh, Generally, this has this has a neat intersection with the uh, uh, or did for a little while with the uh, uh, electronic device policy, because if it says you can access Oracle anytime, but you can't have a device that contacts the, you know, connects to the Internet. How do you how do you do that? Um,
1: Judge.
0: Yep. Pretty. That's 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 the functional solution right there. <laughs> Judge, what's the Oracle text on? Yep. Uh, you know, card of choice.
1: Um. But if you if you get super super wily and want to write out a printed sheet of Oracle text, um, for cards, you, you can and you can access that during during your games and your match, as long as that is the only thing you have on your your printed sheet of paper
0: also at regular you can you can access like gather gather gather.wizards.com on your own it's just gotta be it's just still has to be visible to your opponent at regular right um all right so now there's a there's this neat little little sentence in here that says artistic modifications to cards that indirectly provide minor strategic information are acceptable um, this is, this gets kind of always fun as to what's, what's considered minor strategic information and what, what an artistic modification could be.
2: Oh, uh, there are all kinds of those. Like, uh, yeah, you, you know, one classic example was a dark confidant that had been altered to be the, to, so that the character on the card was spinning a sensei's divining top. Uh, yeah, which is, which is considered minor strategic advice because, Obviously, those two cards are good together. If you sit and think about it for a moment, but they can be friends. They could absolutely be friends. But uh, that's something you probably already
0: know if you're playing both of them in your deck. I've seen a Trinket Mage uh, altered so that, like, each of the 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 Trinket Mages in the deck had uh, like the 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 picture of the guy was is looking really closely at a at a trinket, and each each uh, each Trinket Mage was altered to for him to be looking at a different uh different artifact uh, uh one converted mana cost artifact or uh another one would be like if you have a haste creature and you you know on, in black sharpie attack with me or circle oh, gosh <laughs> you know
1: I've never I've never seen that one before
0: no, That one that one was a a a fun topic of discussion when uh when I was just a wee little judge
2: yeah I've seen stuff like that I haven't seen attack with me but I have seen things that say turn sideways yep uh because somebody's trying to be cute and the the argument is is that you know is that strategic advice or somebody has the play mat with uh you know the
0: steps and phases of the turn on it or something like that that those are those are pretty 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 minor yeah uh
2: i it, you'd have to go pretty far for altering a card to be considered strategic advice uh,
1: what what if I write my my deck list on what if i write my opponent's deck list on my basic lands
2: uh that is fine until you start a new game <laughs> or a new match rather.
1: Right <laughs> oh wait like as i'm going through i start writing my deck list on on my basic lands that's not what i meant but i like it
2: no like yeah during the game you're writing. like every time you see a card <laughs> your opponent plays you write it on one of your basics uh that's fine and, and,
0: until the next and time you start, start a match, and then it's notes from the previous game.
1: That's new notes. <laughs> so,
0: so check this. This is this is funny. Um, at a at an SEG Open, this was years and years ago. It was during the top eight. They allowed before the match begins, uh, because of coverage, they allowed you to view your opponent's deck list during the the top eight. And so there was this review period, and the the players are looking at each other's deck lists and then you know we collected the deck list and one of the players just started like chanting to themselves and I, I couldn't quite hear what it was you know but they're just they're just saying they're just saying something over and over again and it's repeating and the he just looked at me and said judge can we begin yet and I was like no we're still waiting and so he went back to saying this 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 mantra that I couldn't tell and The second we said, you may begin, he immediately grabbed a sheet of paper and just started writing down uh, the contents of the guy's deck list uh, that he'd been looking at just a few minutes earlier. So what he had been repeating over and over again were the cards that he didn't want to forget uh, to write down. But he was getting it was probably like a good two to three minutes between when we collected the list and when they were allowed to start. And he was starting to get a little frantic. Because he was he was having problems, like having to recite it over and over and over again. It was really weird, but you know he was able to remember everything.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's all that's all I have to say.
0: Dedication is what that is. It is. Uh, that same event, uh, also in the in the feature match area, like a round or two beforehand, um, uh, a player sat down across from uh, uh, Jerry Thompson. And a buddy came up uh, and said, "Oh, you gotta watch that guy. He's got some mean goblins in his deck."
1: Oh, yikes!
0: The arm immediately went up. Judge, yep, because we had a problem with outside assistance. That's unfortunate.
1: Ah, I see
0: stuff like that. Uh, that sucks.
1: And in, in outside assistance is is its own topic. That as as we were going through this, it's like oh this is another one of those things that's related to both the things we just talked about kind of ties, ties that all together, but is its own beast. Um, so. Uh,
2: output assistance is, is uh, it seems straightforward when you read about it initially, you know, a player or a spectator or a, a other tournament participant, uh, you know, seeks play advice or hidden information about their match from others. Once they have sat for the match, um, gives play advice or reveals hidden information to players who have sat there for their match or refers to notes during a game made before the official beginning of the current match. All those things seem pretty straightforward, but when you start getting into the weeds, you start having the question of, well, is this outside assistance? Isn't this outside assistance, et cetera? So hopefully maybe we can clear some of that up a little bit.
0: Um, yep. so, so the the first bullet, right, It says it says seeks play advice or hidden information about their match from others once they've sat for their match. So let's let's I'm going to I'm going to talk about the last half of that clause that says once they have sat for their match. So if you're at the pairings board, so if I'm at the pairings board and see that I'm playing Jess, OK, this round, and I know that Brogan I played, played Jess. Jess. Yeah. So I have Brogan. What's Jess playing? And Brogan will say you
1: blue know, cards. This really blue- sweet bomb. This is a, obviously limited because. I can't think of yeah. a good reason, but
0: yeah, just, just as playing death and taxes or, you know, something. And
1: yeah, he's know, got this lamb. really sweet sideboard tech,
0: right? That's, that's perfectly fine. You're at the pairings board, but the line is, um, when you, when you've sat for your match, or I, I would actually say like, if you're, you're, you're there at the, you know, you're there at the table, like you're, you're putting your stuff down, your, your butt isn't necessarily exactly in the chair yet but you're there. Um, if you're at the head of the row and you're having the same conversation, eh, that's fine. Um, now the first part though, is seeks play advice or hidden information about their match. So that's, you know, trying to figure out what the person's playing uh, asks how they should sideboard. Like if I sit down and I lean over and show somebody a card and say like, Hey, should I cast that? Or uh, I'm sideboarding and say, do you think this is good in this particular match? Like those, those are all you're seeking, uh, you're seeking play advice in that particular context. So that's strictly verboten. Now, please do not saying maybe something. Yeah. But there's also something like where you just say to the air, you know, uh, you're going to die next turn. And you say something like, Oh, I guess I got to attack with everything. Right. And you just swing with all your pe- uh with all your creatures. That's, yeah, you kind of asked a question, but you weren't looking for an answer or looking for advice. It was more, you were just speaking to the, the universe as it were. As, right. I as you I took an
2: with action. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've that's, seen that like when, when a bunch of players are standing around and you're playing a game of magic and, and, uh and you're like, well, I guess you, you I, I, I guess you're going to get there. What am I going to do? Right. And somebody speaks up, oh, you could block that. And, you know, yeah, that's the problem. They answered your question, but you weren't really asking them.
1: Um yeah, this you know is I mean? there's a there's a sort of a, a, a weird line, but it's it's generally clear-ish if somebody is actually asking for help or if they're just sort of making a statement as they do something.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: Um uh, the- and then there's also the perspective of the person if you've been Uh, if you're the person giving the advice. So if you are giving play advice or revealing hidden information to players who have sat for their match. So wait, 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 wait. you need to attack with that.
0: You know, that's, that's, that's no good. Or, or uh, don't forget, don't forget your trigger or, you know, passing. What is it? Even, even quietly, like someone has a trigger that makes a, makes a one, one token at the beginning of combat and they hand them a goblin token, you know? that's that's no bueno either
1: oh, that's also that you're also in a in a weird position um if you're if you're uh on on coverage at an event and you have to like pan people tokens you can't preemptively get tokens ready you have to wait until they actually play things yeah because you as the judge don't want to be outside assisting anyone
0: now some something that that that's that happens with some players that get into discussions. Like let's say for example, you have a creature that must attack every turn. Okay, so I have a creature that has to attack every turn, and I draw, lay a land, and say go. And the opponent, or not the opponent, but a spectator jumps in with, "No, wait, you have to attack." Okay, uh, is that outside assistance?
1: Wait. Say that. Give. Say that one more time.
0: So, so I have a creature. I have a creature that must attack each turn. Okay. I draw my card for turn. Lay a land. Say go to my opponent. A spectator chimes in with, "Wait, wait, wait! You have to attack."
2: Mm. It's not technically play advice. Um, what they are do-
0: doing is is calling attention to what what really will be an infraction. Just just doing it improperly. Yes. So so that what what should happen in that particular case, because this does happen um, in that particular situation, um, what you want to do is you want to deal with the infraction because there is an infraction and there is an infraction. uh, And then you want to talk to the player about the the dangers of what they just did and the proper way to do it. And the and the proper way to do it is, you know, ask the players to stop and then go get a judge. okay? because that could have been because. That wasn't technically strategic advice. I mean, that was a thing that had to happen, and it didn't. So that's that's not strategic advice. Right,
2: but it could right? very easily be if you are misunderstanding the rules. And the way right. This can happen frequently, it does happen, is with triggered abilities. Yes. Uh, you think so the, that they have to remember this triggered ability, so you say something about it, and and their opponent wasn't obligated to remind them about it,
0: and now they're going to remember. So... Yep. You've just helped them, yep, so what what I want to specifically remind judges is just because a player made a comment about the match doesn't necessarily mean it was outside advice it the The spectator is basically putting themselves in danger every time they open their mouth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and so you want to remind them the proper way. Stop the match, call for a judge, talk to the judge away from the table, that kind of thing. Especially like don't don't do the, you know, hey guys, hey guys, stop right there. Hey judge, he missed his trigger.
1: Right. Or just like you as the spectator, you as the spectator, the safest thing that you can do is is if you think there's an issue, just say y'all hold on one second and go get a judge. Like don't yeah. don't be and then um,
0: talk to the judge away. Yeah, and so go ahead. I speak, I was
2: going to say, speaking of uh, uh, situations where some judges think something is outside assistance, but it's not. One that pretty consistently comes up is talking to people about your limited deck after you've turned in the deck list.
1: Um, oh, do people? Which I don't have? think
2: we've met. Yeah, sometimes what will happen is very frequently a player will turn in their draft or sealed deck list at a GP, and then immediately turn around to you know, their friend who has also done registering and start talking about how they should sideboard or maybe how, how they, they misbuilt the deck or something along those lines. Right. And this isn't considered outside assistance. At this point, they've already turned in their, their list. But sometimes judges will think, well, they're getting help. Uh, they're learning how, they're, how they need to sideboard. But we can't prevent them from that.
0: They can, they can be getting, they can have that exact same conversation uh, out in the hall.
2: Right. Well, and you for know? players with buys, they could be sitting there playing whole matches of magic with this deck and learning how it works.
1: Yeah. And and this is, this is something that is kind of pops back to what we were saying earlier about, um, about, or sorry, what we were saying earlier in that we can't control what you're doing while you're not sitting down, building your deck, drafting, or actually playing a match of magic.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's something we uh I specifically wanted to mention. I probably should have brought it up at that point. So, sorry about that, but No, that's Um
1: so It's all kind of tied and then together. And this
0: at, at regular, let's say, let's say a pre-release, you know? Um during during deck const- during your build. What about uh what about like you lean over and you ask somebody, "Hey, is this card good? You know, should I put this should I include this in my deck?" Sure sure what that's fine sure that's not
1: yeah i want to talk about my sweet cards with my friends
0: yeah at pre releases and, and regular REL events uh believe it
2: or not players are encouraged to talk to each other about their cards yeah it's weird i know and it drives me nuts as as a player <laughs> uh you know but uh but it makes sense to me in the context of especially at a pre release people showing up to have fun or at a con- you know convention magic like if if I go to San Diego Comic Con and play Magic and there are people there excited about the cards they just opened and they want to tell their friends about it,
0: uh I don't wanna throw a towel on that and be like, no guys, you can't talk. You, or I just opened this planeswalker. Is this guy any good? Should I be playing him? You, you right. may
1: also be there. it may be your friend that you brought to the pre-release for the first time. Like it may be their one of their their first time playing Magic out outside of their home and they may not be totally certain on on how to build the deck so you can you can sit down together and work on building the deck and talking about what you're going to play. Yeah. But again that is that is regular REL. Um the outside assistance um here that we're talking about is specifically uh for competitive and professional. Um Oh, uh so and and then additionally in outside assistance popping again popping back to what we were talking about earlier, um that is Uh, you can uh, not refer to your notes other than Oracle um, Mm -hmm. made before the beginning of your match. That is Mm -hmm. also outside assistance.
2: Right. And one thing judges should be wary of is accidentally giving outside assistance. Yep. Yeah. You know, you (laughs) want to make sure that you are, I I see judges go through phases, right? When judges are first starting, they may not realize this is a problem. They may accidentally give out outside assistance, because they say something without realizing it and reveal the identity of a card in somebody's hand or their deck. Uh, And then they learn about that and then they can go too far the other direction where they are afraid to talk about any cards at all because they don't want to accidentally give outside assistance. And it's kind of a balancing act, but you do have to be
0: careful about it as a judge. It is a real problem. Yep. The, the the most, one of the, one of the super common ways I say super common, but it happens a lot is the old, while doing a deck check on someone, they have an error on their list, and then you correct it. And then when you go to fill out the slip uh, and you have to write a description of what actually happened, you say something like, Misregister, you know, wrote uh, three Crack uh, Clan Ironworks when they were really playing, you know, four or something like that, or, or had three written down when they were really playing four, and you write the card name down uh which was hidden information because it hadn't hadn't come up yet or you just told how many were in their deck
1: so i want you to know Oops. that uh in the entire history of of i uh, the entire time i've been judging i have struggled to think of an example of like when people talk about not putting hidden information in a on a on a match slip penalty description i could not think of an example of how you could um so uh thanks you gave me one just now because it's, because it's never come up for me or because yeah. I've, because I've never, and, I've, and it, I, I, I've never thought about doing that, but that makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. And that's, that is, that is, I think that's like one of the only ways it can, it can happen uh, because you, the judge have access to hidden information that the, that the opponent doesn't have access to. Right. You know, like uh, other times where you're saying like, Oh, you know, uh, you know only produced 4 mana off of a heritage druid you know that happened in the game they they saw that
1: right usually usually it's something that is happening on board that that the opponent knows about right but yeah that that makes an incredible amount of sense
2: so did anybody have any other discussables that we wanted to talk about in this episode
1: I mean, there's always more little topics like this that we could talk about, but I.
2: Oh, there's so many, <laughs> so many more discussables. Yeah, so many. <laughs> um,
1: that's good. That's going to become a thing now, huh?
2: Oh, it's absolutely a thing. <laughs> it has made its way into my actual vocabulary at this point. <laughs> oh, um, no. Yes. Awesome. All right.
1: I think that's it. Then. Uh,
2: yeah, I want to thank you guys for being on the show, running the show with me, um, and. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast, listening to it wherever you happen to be. Uh, I'd like to remind you that you can go to our website at judgecast.com and check out all of our old episodes for free. You can download our podcast and subscribe to it if you haven't already. Uh, that in your new episodes will be downloaded to your podcasting device, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. I guess I don't have anything else to to say other than please contact us, send us an email, uh, send us a message on Facebook to our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash JudgeCast uh, or tweet at us at twitter.com slash JudgeCast. Our email address is judgecast at gmail.com. And I'll just end it with I'm Jess Dunks and I keep it
0: fair.
1: I'm Bergen King and I keep it fun.
0: I'm Brian Prillman and I avoid the electronic device policy by keeping my notes on the type of boogie board that you take to the beach. Hang tight. Hang ten. The other one. That one. Yes. Hang ten. Yes. Yeah. Introduce a new word to the lexicon.
1: <laughs> oh, if I'm really glad that I have headphones on, because my device, whom shall not be named, would have heard you say. That thing, I can't say the word, or she'll hear me.
0: What lexicon?
1: You, yeah, it, it sounds like my it's, my it Amazon sounds device. Like, it sounds
0: yeah, I can't
2: say that word either. Man, crazy. All right. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: uh, <laughs> so so, the reason Brian can't say computer.
1: Yeah, the reason Brian can't say computer.
0: Why can't I say computer?
1: You have a device that responds to that word, don't you?
0: Oh, I turned it off because I started watching Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and it, 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 it uh it kind of freaked out um, all right um, so yeah yeah i uh, i realized that that wasn't the best thing to do so i changed it
1: oh did we actually talk about what the penalty for outside assistance is
0: oh yeah that's 20 a good lashes. point it's uh yeah
2: it's 20, 20 lashes with a spaghetti noodle um yes. whether it is cooked or not i was about to ask, ask if it was a level. raw
1: or cooked spaghetti noodle
2: but you yeah, do, it you depends you on the
0: enforcement it. level of the event. It how uh, Professional, it's cooked.
1: <laughs> I've been watching uh, MasterChef. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had never watched MasterChef before, like, this week. So I've been watching MasterChef, and it is incredibly wholesome. Is it? Yeah, it's very good. I haven't seen that show. I mean, if you like cooking competition shows, then it's it's pretty solid.
2: Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, two of my favorites are uh, are I love Cutthroat Kitchen.
1: Cutthroat kitchen is and, is a fever dream of a show, but it's also amazing.
2: Uh, and I also liked uh uh there's one called Zumbo's Just Desserts on Netflix.
1: That's the one uh, that has somebody with my name but spelled wrong.
2: Yes, yes it does. Um, yes, it does. And yeah. it's it's an Australian dessert making show and uh it I I find it it's super cheesy, but I find it very enjoyable.
1: Do you like British baking show? Yeah, it's okay.
2: It doesn't have um it takes itself very seriously.
1: <laughs> MasterChef also takes itself pretty seriously, except in t- except when it doesn't. Like it's it, it it's very much got that like American reality show sensibility, in that like it definitely manipulates your brain using like music and jump cuts to make you react in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But it's all right. It's 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 still good. It's still a good show.
2: All right. Well, uh, on <laughs> that, that, that note- that's
1: our. That's our. Uh, <laughs> our. Oh, what's what was the word again? I forgot it.
2: That was our discussable that was, about. It, it was it.
1: Master. It started. was a
2: cooking discussable.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, way better than a lunch discussable. Uh,